Uh, let's move on and hit up the Hawthorne and North Melbourne game. Uh, battle of the shit kickers, uh, as they say. Now, this first half was definitely dominated by North Melbourne. They were exceptional in territory. They brought the pressure. They were absolutely dominating possession. So for me, you know, and that was summed up. Luke McDonald absolutely killed it for North Melbourne. He'll get defender status in draft leagues. Some people are still looking for him in standard. The thing I have in standard is that, number one, all right, he was just absolutely getting all these intercept marks. He was taking one of the smaller forwards, someone that he could beat aerially. So that way, once the ball comes in, he can try and outmark them. When the ball hits the ground, they can use him as an extraction. I thought his role was very good, probably continues to be very good, but he's not going to get that many intercept marks each week. Um, next one, obviously, Hall. We'll tie these guys together. <coughs> Hall just kept racking up the ball, 129. He could have gone much higher. It looked like he was going 140, 150. Just kept on racking up the ball left, right, and center. Um, again, I wonder how much of a reliance they have on him. But he just keeps running hard and seagulling, being like, yeah, hit me up, hit me up, and just keep running beside them and just trying to get the ball. And I wonder how long it's going to take teams to kind of shut those sorts of players down, your sards, your halls. Because of the way the game's being played, we know, again, after the first four weeks, coaches start to go, okay, well, who are the most impactful players in the game style of the team we're playing? And it's like, right, they're trying to run and carry or trying to really rebound off defense and let's go sit someone on these players and stop them from running. And then what happens is they sit someone on there. The first five times they run past, there's literally someone hot on their heels like, nah, mate, you ain't getting a fucking touch. So what do they do? They stop running. Because what's the point in running? If you don't, if you don't get rewarded, why keep running and busting your ass to try and make yourself an option? Because you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to get shut down. So, you know, and that's what I kind of expect will happen throughout the season. Yeah, this is... This is why I wore the, the blue and white shop shirt, mate. We got Zeeble, McDonald, and this is definitely Aaron Hall. There were times in the game where you could see in the footage, he was standing next to someone going, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. He just is the biggest seagull in the game and loves it. But they were playing, and this is why with the, the Hawks, you had Sicily 105 and Giath 118, because both teams didn't have functioning forward lines. The Hawks lost Lynch early in the game, so that was one tall done with the resty Ruckman. So it all became about Lewis, who played very well. It was a really good target for the Hawks. But outside of that, the Hawks didn't really have a lot much else happening forward in the first half for them. And then the same with North Melbourne. You know, they were relying on Coleman Jones and, and Larky. Coleman Jones was fucking shit. And that, so the halfbacks in Coleman this game Jones just, can't – he can't play again. He can't. He's a, I mate, I'm – I'm so glad we've got a future first rounder because if North can finish bottom, we'll get picked 20 for him. And I'm happy with that. I'll take that because um, he, they, he was on zero. He had one opportunity. I think it was the first quarter or surely it wasn't the first half, but basically he got given the ball on the wing. Someone ran up to him and he was near out of bounds and he literally just dropped the ball. And then the opponent took it and ran away from him. He didn't get a touch in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, so this, he this is horrible. This is why these points are very skewed to the backmen this week because they were playing against no, absolute no forward line at all, both both sides. And just Hawthorne had a, just slightly more quality. But you could tell this was a bottom four playing bottom four. And the like Aaron Hall's still a, you know, a classy player with the ball. Like when he gets it, you know, he can kick the ball and stuff. But And it showed that's Zeeble is experience. So of course he was going to do that. And then as you said, Luke McDonald, there's no way he's doing that every week. And I still think he's, he's probably even a better pickup than Lipinski because he's going to get your position, but 
at the same time, yeah, they're not playing Hawthorne every week. They get they get West Coast next week. They get their two easiest games. And I can see Hall and McDonald and Zeeble probably doing the same thing next week. And then all of a sudden they've got to start playing against proper forward lines. Um, um, going on a boys' trip, we're going to watch Don't... the uh, North Melbourne Geelong game in Tassie, and Geelong would absolutely destroy North Melbourne's back line. Don't speak too soon. Darling might play against North Melbourne and drop plenty of chess marks. Right, so there's plenty in there for the plenty in there for the little fella. Um, yeah, okay. So that's that's one thing to note. Also, yeah, West Coast this week. Now, I was um, talking about. Let's talk about Cherry because that does sort of lead into a CCJ conversation. Two hundred eight thousand Cherry. I thought he did well enough. Um, near and near enough. Gave away a couple of frees. Could have kicked a goal and missed it. Could have easily been a high eighty game. I think I got enough out of him to be impressed. And again, they played three talls, three ruckmen. The leading patterns and stuff like that were all over the shop. So CCJ couldn't lead to save his life. Goldie did good things, but Goldie was very impressive when they sat it on his head. Wasn't like a leading tall. You know, those leading patterns that forwards or key forwards actually have really down pat. They just go, hey, let's just throw some really tall ruckman down there and see what happens. They couldn't lead. And the only reason Goldie got success was pretty much like sit it on my head and I'll outmuscle some people or jump and catch it. And that's kind of what they had success with. And that was only very late in the game, pretty much when the game was nearly cooked. So CCJ was literally horrible. The commentators were saying it's horrible. Surely the coaching staff, because I said they're going to mix it up and see if they could play three talls or three ruckmen, CCJ being in there. And Cherry was the number one ruck. Cherry started in the ruck. Goldie played forward. Goldie kicked goals. Cherry did better at the ruck. CCJ, I think, had one center bounce attendance or one hit out. So fuck all. He's out, right, which mm. then makes it yep. even better for Cherry because Cherry and Goldie will be the guys, and it's going to take quite a lot to, I think, upsettle them. CCJ, they'll probably say, hey, mate, you need to go get some form and try and get some leading patterns and get some touch because uh, – yeah, you ain't, you ain't got nothing, unfortunately. So, yeah, um, and that's uh, you guys were talking about the audio through the week where Goldie was been practicing more his forward craft, and then it was uh, evident. Uh, and then George retweeted my tweet um, when I found out that Zara, Cherry had been renamed into the ruck on Sunday morning. So those who follow me at Swiss Twenty Six on Twitter, you would have been all over that. The only thing that cost me was because I had Rochelle. I ended up trying to debate between do I want Rochelle and Ward and end up keeping Ward instead of Rochelle, which fucked me a little bit if I just had Rochelle still up in the forward line. But I think Cherry's role going forward's so much better because they did. They showed that he's going to be the starting ruck. And, and Goldie, you know, Goldie's still great. And I saw a lot of North supporters going out there, well, Goldie's still the best. Why aren't we putting him? Well, Cherry had the offer to go elsewhere. He's the future. North aren't playing to play finals at the moment. They're, it's all about development. They, they they're going to be such a good team in two or three years. Um, and they probably need one more year down the bottom. Let these guys find their feet, continue to get games into it, and pick up another buddy first or second draft pick to add to, you know, the superstar that is Horn Francis and then Powell and uh, um, and Phillips and all these other guys that are coming through. And they're going to be an absolute top team. So, yeah, I, I have a lot of faith that Cherry going forward is going to be the man. And then if he does get tired later, in, you know, as the year goes on, as they do, or if they're coming up against you, Max Gorns, um, yeah, Goldie will do the more the brunt that week. But I still think then Cherry just goes forward. Like, Coleman Jones is not, just looked terrible. So, yeah, I've got a lot I of agree. faith. Yeah, and I don't think, like, that battle between Rochelle and, and Cherry, Rochelle's not going to do that every week, kick goals, where Cherry, you know, those hit out to advantages. There was uh, 10 points in about a 40-second, I think I tweeted out, on the Sunday where Cherry down to Horn Francis. And you'd just be, you know, as a North supporter, um, you'd be so excited seeing yeah, that. It's the future. 
it is the future right that. So the risk is this week they play probably Nick Nat. Now, not an issue for Wits because Wits is a very tall man. So uh, always been an issue. I think he's, Wits has scored well against Nick Nat previously because of Wits's height. Um, for me, it could even see Goldie maybe even taking a little bit more of the brunt on this one to start. So I'm not that concerned. But after that, Brisbane, Sydney, the Doggies, Geelong, Carlton, those five, right? I think that's definitely open for Cherry to actually score quite well. And as a, again, that ruck forward eligibility. So in, in a little bit of time, he'll become a, he'll also get that sort of ruck status. So I think that helps. And also for draft leagues as well, Goldie is a forward. I reckon he can easily get you an 80 as that ruck sort of forward sort of player. So for one, I don't mind that as well. And if an injury happens to Cherry, then you know Goldie's straight up and in there, probably getting you close towards 100. So for draft leagues, I quite like that as well. Well, um, that, speaking of the horn, can, can 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 I speak on that, that one, Benny? Um, that's one of the other reasons. As much as I think English is still a watch, and I, and I don't knock anybody that started English because I thought that was a great pick, but there's a part of me that thinks Cherry early on can get the cash if Goldie picks up forward status on the run home. Um, as Cherry starts to um, tire, yeah, he's definitely even one in standard because we know Goldie can go a hundred, and as a forward, you want as somebody who can go a hundred. So I think he's definitely one that we should be definitely watching to see if he picks up that uh, that status. And um, I know you're talking about Nick Nat. Um, yeah, as, as good as obviously Nick Nat is and everything like that, it's the standard Nick Nat. Played 66% on the weekend. He, he only goes usually 65% time on ground. So that means even if Goldie is against Nick Nat, Cherry's getting at least 35% against what, Bailey Someone Williams else. or some, some other, you know. So I, I back Cherry in those contests. Yeah, that's what I think. So I reckon they might let Goldie even just take a little bit of the wear out, Nick Nat, reduce the damage there because North are favourites for this. Go figure. Um, Horn Francis will touch on as well. I thought he was uh, exceptional. Killed the first half, had uh, quite a lot of impact. Didn't have a heap of possessions, but again, the impact per possession looks strong enough. Uh, hunts the ball as well. So it's not one of those ones where – and this pissed me off this week too, by the way. The amount of guys looking for free kicks and not actually going the ball, tapping it, fumbling it – bobbling around, trying to actually look for body instead of going for the ball, trying to, once they got the ball, almost like they want to get rid of it, like fall over, like, look at me, I'm getting tackled. Oh, hi, free kick. It's just shit. And it was so bad and it really annoyed me. And um, the thing to note though is that Horn Francis, actually the ball's there to be one. He goes for the ball, right? It's, it's almost like that mentality where I'm going for the ball. You need to try and stop me. And he is, he's just exceptional to watch a uh, good polish, good finish. Uh, I think the top, of the draft field as well this year, like Rochelle included, I thought were just clean, polished, um, exceptional. So for Horn Francis, I quite like that this week against West Coast, probably a, a good shake in to, to get on the end of a few. Uh, if everything flows, I think he'll get better as the season gets along as well. It looks like a real fast learner. So I think he's someone that you probably just have to hold on to for a bit because you know he's going to play. He'll probably get you anywhere from 60 to 110. And you just kind of got to take that a little bit, wait for him to get a couple of good games in there and his price will yeah, reflect that. So uh, I think he's definitely a good get. Keen to watch him again this week. And as good as he was, is as upsetting as Ward was for Hawthorne. He's 180,000. Josh Ward. Now, this is the painful part. Number one, I think Josh Ward rolled an ankle or something or other. He was cramping as well. So apparently Mitchell said, hey, find some footage of this because it's quite funny. He was kind of like tripping over himself, falling over, trying to get off. Um, yeah, so again, hot weather, cramping, young young player. But on the flip side, he actually did two things this game that I thought was like, wow, just exceptional. 
absolutely outstanding. It was one of them like contests here and he's just bang, hit a handball over the top of someone and nailed a teammate on the outside. Our vision was exceptional in tight hands under pressure, completely nailed it. And he did another one where he did something else that was just in the tide of things. You're like, holy crap, this was good. Now, I think he had a little bit more, it looked like the first half things weren't working out too well. So you had a lot of the experienced players. I think Jaeger Miro was pretty shit. Wingard did like nothing for three quarters and just came out there in the last basically to help them win them the game. Warple didn't do that much. So I think after halftime, they kind of threw Ward in the guts a little bit and he did a couple of good things but it seems like he was just sort of cramping up and just quite didn't handle it. So uh, he's one that's on the chopping block for me. I would like to see him again. I think he has the potential with all the COVID going on at Hawthorne at the moment as well. You just know if like a, a Jaeger Amira or a, a Titch or someone of those, one of those main midfielders from their team gets COVID, then we've seen already in the Amy series, Ward could go out there and go 100, 118 or whatever he got in a midfield role. Um, so I am keen to see him for another week, but he's definitely on the chopping block because that stinker score for a guy that cost 180,000, um, that's going to stink up for at least a few weeks and it's going to be hard to come back from that. So what do you think, Swizz, with Ward? Yeah, well, I'll work it in all those four players. So like anyone who's listened to me knows I haven't had Jason Horn Francis in all summer. It's all been Dacos Ward and I, and I wanted M7, M8. Um, and only made that change five minutes before the game. And the reason for that was Pollock was out. And once Pollock was out, I was like, well, here goes Horn Francis. He's going to get up the ground now. My Pollock was in. I didn't want a bar of him um, because I thought, and I've said it, I don't like picking guys who are going to play small forward who are listed as a midfielder. But once Pollock was out, he actually got up the ground. He got a couple of centre bounces, changed the role again. And we know Pollock can be hit and miss with that. So I thought, no, we'll back him in. So, I, And then the decision became between Ward and Rochelle. And I went Ward as much as I was a bit worried because Phillips was listed as sub and Phillips played every game last year. I thought, well, this is a direction Sam Mitchell's going. He wants to play the kids. And there's still McGuinness and McDonald that go out before Ward. Now, as you said, um, yeah, it was disappointing, but hopefully – um, you know, either that you know, if they pick up an injury or you know, it just gets through that first game, second game, Ward bounces back. You know, he's got the we've already seen in the preseason, he's got the ability to turn up. So, yeah, I'm still going to back him in this week. And then if Rochelle, the thing with Rochelle, which I was bouncing out, and I thought Rochelle could do this against Freo, come out and kick four or five goals because that's the sort of guy he's going to be. But that's what small forwards do. They kick four or five goals one week. They don't have any impact the week after. So you're going to see the more, you know, um, up and down scores where the standard deviation usually from Ward should be a bit more normal. But in saying that, if Ward was to absolutely shit the bed again this week and and that, well, then it becomes, you know, a no-brainer. But, um, yeah, I'm happy to back him in for now. I think he's definitely shown the ability to get, get the ball. And first game, like... You know, it's some people handle it better than others and that. And it was a hot day and, you know, there's a lot of hype going into it and stuff. So, yeah, we'll see how he backs up this week. Yep. And uh, McDonald as well. Similar sort of boat, 48 super coach, 117,000. Look, did enough without setting the world on light. So hopefully better after the first run and we'll see how we go there. 